welcome to A Congruent Life, where we share inspirational stories of authenticity and happiness. A Congruent Life is an interview project sharing the stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things, discovering their passions, and living authentic, amazing lives. Here's your host, Andy Gray. Thanks for joining us for A Congruent Life, inspirational stories of authenticity and happiness. My name is Andy Gray, and I'm really grateful that you're sharing these stories with us, whether you're in your car or at the gym, at your computer, wherever you might be. Thanks very much for being here. In this program, we're continuing to explore authenticity from many different perspectives. Today's interview supports that theme, and it's somewhat different from the people we've been meeting in recent weeks. Allison Ellsbury does some unique work supporting women in being great moms particularly those with what she calls spiritually gifted kids. Allison started her career in what you might call a traditional healthcare role, but over time she's gradually adjusted her career to be more congruent with the work that she feels called to do in the world. I'm talking today with Allison Ellsbury, who's an expert at supporting moms to empower their spiritually gifted children. Allison, welcome to A Congruent Life. Thanks, Andy. In your own words, what is it that you do? So usually how I explain to people when you get asked that, usually I answer it just like how you did. I say I love supporting moms to empower their spiritually gifted children. And I really love helping moms ease into their highest vision of motherhood so that they and their children can embrace their spiritual gifts and fulfill their divine purpose. So what is a spiritually gifted child? How I like to define that is... I honestly feel that every human being on the planet is spiritually gifted. I think what really sets different people apart from that is whether or not we're awake to that gift or ability. So the children that I'm seeing a lot with their moms are the ones that are really awake to that ability and they're expressing it. And that can look like a number of different things, but I like to call them divine messengers. They're really embodying a certain message that they're really meant to share with the world. And so that can look different in so many different abilities. You know, it's really common for for kids to talk about seeing things. It's really common for them to feel very intuitive and perceptive. It's really common for a lot of kids to feel a certain magnetic draw to certain religious figures, spiritual figures, and certain masters. One example I always like to tell people, I was working with a mom whose 10-year-old boy shaved his head because he so resonated with the energy of Buddhism. So he's a very loving and very gentle and compassionate soul. And so that's like that's how it's showing up in him. And that's how not only is he, he expressing it through his gifts, but he's feeling compelled to express it through his physical appearance. I think it's this all the abilities that Everyone has that potential coming in, but kids nowadays are a lot more open to that. And so the veil is much, much thinner for a lot of kids, so they're able to be perceptive and open to that. So even though they might not understand what their message is yet or what their gift truly is, their abilities are coming out. And then it's up to what they want to do with that ability is how they're going to express and fulfill their purpose. That's part of the, what I like to say, like the magic and mystery of watching your child's gift unfold in front of you. 
I would imagine that these kinds of experiences sometimes might be somewhat masked. That is, perhaps either the child or the parent wouldn't necessarily be in touch with what is going on. Or perhaps it might show up in ways that might be considered odd behaviors. Do you have some recommendations about how adults might recognize what's going on? Yeah, I think a common misconception about kids who have spiritual gifts is that they're considered um, fragile or they're considered too emotional or weird or odd. But in actuality, what I think puts some parents or, or other family members kind of on high alert with certain behaviors is that it's outside of the norm. So it pushes the discomfort button in the family unit. And so I think a lot of times what is the most challenging is still being okay with that, with your child's behavior and knowing it's for a higher purpose. So I always like to really talk about one of the first things you can do is just acknowledge and accept the gift. Even if it seems weird to you, or even if it's way outside of your box, it's real to that child. And they really want to be acknowledged and accepted for who they are. And a lot of times when they're starting to express their gift and they're learning how to do it, it's your response that really tailors and molds and shapes their path about how comfortable they feel expressing it. So as a parent, I think probably one of the biggest challenges I see for moms is learning to let go of expectation and learning to let go of what you think should be happening for your child. And I think it's not just moms that struggle with that, but it's just part of human nature is to have an outcome or an idea or a picture in your head, you know, and then get attached to that. And then when it doesn't happen, you know, you feel disappointed or you feel like a failure or you stop start doubting, you know, all those types of things. And then, you know, the people around you can really feel that and especially your child. And so they're going to, they're going to know on a nonverbal level, whether or not you really feel comfortable with what they're expressing or not. Cause they, I think every child goes through a testing phase about how comfortable they feel with expressing their gift. So most of the work that you do is with the moms, not necessarily the children. Right. I love advocating for the spiritual nature of children. So I'm really helping moms decipher those unconscious signals that their children are sending them every day, you know, so that it's bridging that gap of consciousness so that the mom feels empowered with that information to really meet their child where they're at and start a relationship from the highest point of love so that their love's guiding the way. And so that their children can flourish in that. And so that, to me, is what I'm so passionate about, is really advocating for the spiritual nature of children. And moms are a great access point, you know, for kids, because they're such divine centers of, of creation themselves. And so I think a lot of moms don't realize is they're a lot more powerful than they give themselves credit for. And one of the things I always like to say is that moms are the the epicenter of the family. So everything coalesces around you. So if you're not having a great day, the whole family's feeling it. Same thing happens if someone else in the family unit's that way, but it's really different with, with a feminine energy that way. And so I think when moms are able to really make that connection, you know, what thoughts and beliefs do I have about motherhood? 
Are they limiting? Are they holding me back? How are they holding my child back? I love to help moms feel empowered and supported on their path that way so that they can continue creating and manifesting what their hearts are desiring for their family. What are some examples of ways that you work with moms? So I, I offer a lot of different things. Um, one of the things I really love to do is um, offer intuitive readings for moms, for their children. So I'm really talking to moms about um, the spiritual nature of their children, what their gifts are, and what their divine purpose is, and then how they can help support them along their path. So again, the mom is feeling really empowered, and she's able to better understand who her child really is. I have a number of different programs in my business that address different topics. A great program on self-care that helps moms really make that commitment to themselves so that they can show up really powerfully in their child's life. I have another program that teaches moms how to really ground their energy and be centered in their hearts. And I also have a new program that is really teaching what a divine mother mindset is. You know, it's really helping moms leave behind the modern mom mentality of overwhelm and anxiety and helping them step into something that feels a lot more ease and, and with confidence. And I offer a number of different private retreat days and things like that. So it's really addressing a big breakthrough for a mom. And it's really giving her the guidance and support so she can remember how wise she is and helping her know she's really supported on her path. This is some pretty unique work that you're doing. How did you end up doing this kind of work? Well, you know, Andy, it's really funny because I was just talking to my mom the other day and she was helping remind me of some of the little interesting behaviors and abilities I had as a kid. And she said, you know, from the time you were really small, you always had this mothering energy. You know, you were always someone that walked around with, you know, stuffed animals and dolls all in your arms. And, you know, you would shove balloons under your shirt to make you look pregnant. And, you know, I always had this fascination with children and families, but I never really realized that, you know, until I got older. And I knew that I wanted to go into some type of healthcare, but if someone had told me in high school I was going to be working with moms of spiritually gifted children, I would have looked at them and thought they were crazy. It's been a really interesting path getting here, but part of that was I had to find my own voice and, and know what I was really meant to do here because I was one of those kids. And so I had to learn how do I want to express myself in this world and is it working and this is my playground and how do I, how, how, where do I want to be playing and who do I want to be playing with? And I finally feel like I found that place where I want to be playing with moms and children. And it's funny because um, when I was in college, I actually wanted to be a physical therapist. I didn't get into physical therapy school, but I did get into occupational therapy school. And I'm so glad I did because I ended up falling in love with occupational therapy and I became uh, a pediatric specialist. And so I worked for a number of years with children and families. And I remember one of the first days on my job when I was working at an outpatient clinic, my clinical supervisor came up to me and said, I noticed that you spent way more time with the mom than you did with the child. And I was like, yeah, that just felt really natural to me. And she said, 
the child's here for therapy, not mom. So looking back, I was like, wow, I've been trying to get to the mom for 13 years, but I didn't realize that that's, you know, who my target was. And to me, that just made the most sense was, hey, mom, let me share this info with you about who your child is and why they're struggling and what's showing up so that you can feel empowered. So you were pushing against healthcare norms even then. Totally. Yeah. I became so fascinated by the relationship dynamic about how a mother's relationship really influences her child's abilities, like how those two were intimately connected. And to further my study, I started doing more training in non-traditional and alternative medicine. I spent a number of years studying cranial sacral therapy and then other energy techniques and heart-centered therapy, all kinds of things that put me on the path to my own personal healing that showed me how the relationship with my mom impacted my spiritual gifts. And then through all of that healing, I feel like gave me the wisdom and the insight to be really in the position that I'm in now. When I moved here to Bend, I started getting this influx of moms coming into my practice saying, my child is showing, you know, these types of symptoms or my child is expressing this. What does that mean? I feel so overwhelmed. And what I started to notice was that all these moms had five major things in common and their children were showing the same things. And I began working with these moms and I was like, oh my gosh. I completely know this like the back of my hand. I had no idea that that's what I was destined to be doing. You know, that's how I got to the place where I am now is that I feel like I got all of these opportunities presented to me and I just dove in and I absorbed it and worked it and got to know it in an intimate way and it kept showing up. It was kind of like breadcrumbs. You know, like on the trail, I just kept moving forward on my path. And even in those times when I felt like I was climbing a mountain, I, I was still on the right track, you know, and, and I was doing a study of my own personal experience that has shed so much perspective and light on the concept of motherhood. And I, I never would have gotten to that point if, if I didn't do that. Did you have any sense in the moment of what was guiding those next steps? Where was this all going for you? My connection to the divine. I feel like it was an inner navigation system that was pre-programmed before I even came into a human body. So it was almost like, you can't mess up meter. It's like, okay, it's going to keep Allison on her path for this many years and then she's going to turn right here and then, you know, she's going to do this. It was like predestined barometer, I guess you can say. I laugh, but it's true because that's what I really felt like was that something bigger was always driving. It was helping me put one foot in front of the other. It took a lot of faith on my part, for sure, and a lot of trust. But I feel like it was something that I signed up long ago to do. And I just kept putting one foot in front of the other. And even if I didn't know what the next step was, it always presented itself. And it still always does do that. Like how you were working as an occupational therapist and then craniosacral therapy just showed up for you. Yeah, 
My cousin did cranial sacral therapy. I had a session from her and I was like, wow, when I get out of occupational therapy school, I'm going to learn more training in that. So I worked two or three years and then I started my first training in it. And I remember I had gone through a couple of knee surgeries and in the class, the first level class, we had to stand up and say why we were there. And I talked about my experience receiving my session um, from my cousin and said that I had recently had a few knee surgeries and I was just curious about learning the modality and then how I could benefit from it. And the instructor came up to me the last day of the class and she said, I never do this, but I feel so inspired to offer you a session after the course is finished. And I said, okay. I mean, I wasn't going to pass that up, right? She's a complete expert. So everyone had left the conference room and I get on the table and I'm just kind of sitting there and I'm thinking, okay, I'm not really feeling anything. <laughs> and the next thing I know, I get this big wave of emotion coming over me. And it was all of the, all of the feelings that were stored in my knee from my surgery. And just that experience alone, I was like, okay, I have got to know more about this and how that's impacting everything. And so I remember going home and two days later, I gave her a call and I said, I would love to come see you again. And she's like, I was waiting for your call. <laughs> so for almost two years, I saw her just about every week. And that's how my healing journey really began, feeling the effects of how profound that was and what our body holds for us and what it goes through. And knowing what I know now about children and their spiritual gifts, one of the most difficult things is for them to really understand the embodiment aspect of being a soul in a, in a human body. That's what cranial sacral helped me do really learn how to be in my body and feel calm and confident with myself. When I started learning more about it and I was receiving it and then I started getting more training, it just kept growing from there. And it was just my curiosity that kept leading me on the path. Oh, that looks really interesting. Hmm. That feels really good. I'm going to learn more about that. Huh? That brings me a lot of joy. You know, I was looking at things like that. <laughs> Can you explain what craniosacral therapy is? Yeah, it's a really gentle, light touch that relaxes your central nervous system so that your body and mind can unwind and relax. And it is an incredibly powerful way of resetting programming and things that your body has been carrying for a long time. It's like if... If your nervous system, your brain and your spinal cord could have like that, you know, that easy button that Staples has, right? The easy button or whatever. It's like pushing that button <laughs> in your nervous system. So it's like resetting it. And it's a way of really reconnecting with that sacred part of yourself. That's, that's what it did for me. So for example, how was that helpful to you in recovering from your knee surgeries? Uh, it helped me get in touch with how I was feeling about not recovering from my knee surgeries. And it helped release tension in my body so that my body could find its way back to health. 
And it was such a catalyst for igniting my own healing process and trusting my body's own innate wisdom to heal itself. The mission of the Aiken Grant Life Project is to share stories of authenticity. What would you say that living authentically or congruently means to you? To me, that means it's in alignment with your heart's most inner desire. And it really means that you are in a co-creating relationship with Source. And Allison, how has your journey led you personally to live more congruently? I guess the question would be, how has it not? <laughs> um, it's been a lot of uncovering and a lot of growth opportunities. And it's given me the chance to find that voice that's been wanting to speak out all along about what I'm really here to do and really be sharing my passion from the heart. That's, that's how it's helped me the most. But one of the things that really stands out to me a lot is it has given me an opportunity to learn who I am, not who I think I am, not who society says I am, not who your family and friends think you are, but like the real bare bones of like your divine DNA, getting in touch with that most inner part of yourself, it's, you know, that reconnection to yourself. That's what it's done the most. What are some of the failures that you've experienced in your own life and what have they had to teach you? Well, I like that question because I'm really learning to see that nothing is a failure. It's all about how you choose to perceive it. You know, something that stands out most recently is I have really felt inspired to put together this great one day live event and really give moms in the community a chance to really partake in this great workshop. And the week leading up into the workshop, I could really feel like it wasn't going to happen. And I could really feel my energy wanting to just let it be what it was going to be. So I still showed up the day of the workshop just in case I had any last minute moms decide to come. And after I was finished with that, I really felt empowered because I was able to come from a place of asking myself a really important question. How do I want to view this situation? Do I want to view it as a failure or do I want to view it as a success? And what does success even really mean? I think success is a mindset. It doesn't mean how much money you have in the bank. It doesn't mean how many material possessions you have. It doesn't mean how much of this or that or what you accomplish or whatever. It's a mindset. To me, it's a feeling. It's something that you embody. It's truth. And it's really taught me to keep looking and celebrating all of those moments that I overlook that it's so easy to get caught up in the modern day every world and let those moments of celebration pass by. And as I've been finding my acknowledgement of those moments and then sharing them with people, they're showing up more and more and more in my life. And what I realize is that they've been there all along. It's just what perceptual lens do I want to be looking through? And so I sat down and I wrote a list of all the successes that came from the event. And I listed over 20 things. How can that not be a success? You know, unfortunately, society really views success and failure as very black and white. You know, you either are or you aren't. But there's so much gray area with that. But for me, I'm really learning that it's a complete mindset. So what are you taking away from that experience into whatever is next for you? 
Something wonderful is always about to happen. There's always something bigger and better around the corner. And what I mean by that is what you think might supposed to be happening, let go of that so that what is really meant to happen can show up for you. And case in point, this program, a beautiful evolutionary mindset change for moms that I'm putting together has birthed itself out of the success of my mom workshop. (laughs) And what's that program? So it's a three-month group program, and it's called the Divine Motherhood Circle of Support. It is an evolutionary step into divine motherhood consciousness. And it is a way for moms to permanently shift their mindset from overwhelm into ease so that they can really show up and empower themselves and their child's spiritual purpose. And I'm incredibly excited about it. I've never been this excited about any of my programs because this to me feels like it's going to give moms the opportunity to really make a permanent change, a lasting change. You know, personally, Andy, I don't think there's ever been a better time on the planet to evolve the collective consciousness of motherhood. It's like it's prime. It's ready. And I'm really looking for those six moms that are like, oh, my gosh, yes, I'm on board. I really want to shift into a new mindset, not just for myself and my child, but for the entire planet. The impact of the program is phenomenal. It's going to be felt through many different lives because there's such a ripple effect. It's a evolutionary peak into what's going to be evolving for, for motherhood. So given all of that, what do you want your personal legacy or spiritual footprint to be? It is really my passion and desire to um, support the spiritual nature of children on this planet. The type of legacy that I, that I really want to be leaving is one of future generations coming in and feeling free to express their divinity in the fullest potential. So direct connection with source, that pathway is created and very clear so that souls coming in are fully able to express their gifts and fulfill their mission to help keeping tra- to help keep transforming the planet. And I'm picking motherhood as that access point, you know, to help that happen. It's just that children just have such a, a soft spot in my heart. It's that advocating for their spiritual nature. So that's the footprint I want to leave is that ease and the confidence and the joy of being in the presence of spirit and being able to know that you're fully supported in expressing your gifts and your gifts are well received. In that receiving of your gifts, the world is changing and it's helping people express their gifts. It's just such an abundant garden in full bloom. Allison, how can our listeners get in touch with you? Well, a great way would be to go to my website, which is alisonellsbury.com. And you spell it A-L-I-S-O-N-E-L-S-B as in boy, E-R-R-Y. That's a great way to get in touch. And is there a final thought that you'd like to leave our listeners with regarding authenticity? Everyone has an authentic path every person on the planet. 
And it's really up to everyone to have that choice and that opportunity if they want to follow that or not. That's what I think is so beautiful about authenticity is that it's a choice. You don't have to be stepping into it. It sure makes your life easier. You know, people people have that choice. That sounds like a great final word. Allison Ellsbury, thanks very much for spending this time with us. Thanks, Andy. I hope that you enjoyed that conversation with Allison Ellsbury. This is episode number nine, so you can access the webpage for this episode at acongruentlife.net slash nine, where I'll link to Allison's website. Next week, I'll be publishing a special episode on Monday, in addition to the regular Wednesday show. I'm really excited to share Monday's guest with you. It's someone that's been personally inspiring to me, and I hope it'll be inspiring to you too. So be sure to catch that extra episode next week. If you're on our community mailing list, I'll let you know directly when that's published. If you'd like to join the list, please do so on our homepage. And of course, if you're subscribed to the show in iTunes or Stitcher or via RSS, you'll get the latest episode automatically as soon as it's published. Thanks again for being here and listening to A Congruent Life. See you next week. Thanks for listening to A Congruent Life. For more, please visit us on the web at acongruentlife.net. Do you have feedback about the show or suggestions for future guests? Please contact us through the website or send an email to feedback at acongruentlife.net. See you next time.